friends, welcome to Still With You. My name is Coley Browning and I am so excited that you joined me for another episode of the podcast. One of the most played episodes this season on the podcast has been with our incredible friend, lifestyle blogger, Margaret Matheny. It was a true joy to hear her openly share about her journey of heart transformation through following Jesus and how we can all improve in living toxin-free. A major part of Margaret's testimony involves baseball and being married to a professional athlete. Tate Matheny is an amazing husband and loving father who also happens to be a professional baseball player. While spending his entire life loving and growing up in the game, last year he approached a moment in his athletic career where he wanted to walk away from playing baseball. Rather than acting on emotions, Tate placed this decision before the Lord. And even though it was difficult at the time, he felt God calling him to stay, to keep playing. I am so excited to share my conversation with Tate. You will not find a more humble dude and friends do not take his honesty for granted. Tate could have easily highlighted only his accomplishments and opt out of talking about the anything but glamorous moments of the game. But just like Margaret, he is all about getting real. I am always beyond thankful for this, along with all of the hard work that he and his family are doing to encourage others in growing closer in their walk with Christ. This conversation was so much fun and truly an honor. Friends, please welcome to Still With You, professional baseball player, Tate Matheny. Thank you so much for making time for this. I have like fallen in love with your family. Margaret is amazing. And so when she was like, hey, do you want to interview Tate? I was all in. Aside from the recording, like it really means a lot to me. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I don't have a lot of friends who are athletes. Season two of the podcast, I was just like praying, God, if you could just please send me a few friends that are involved in sports. He didn't even send me a local athlete. He sent me a professional baseball player. (laughs) So I am like so grateful. Also, I just want to tell you that like the work that your family has done has meant a lot to me and my husband. Like our first date was at Bush Stadium. The work that you guys have done and just the love for the game like truly means the world to me. Oh, well, thank you so much. No, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Margaret talks very, very highly about you and about this podcast. So I was really excited to be able to get a chance to do it. So one of the things that I'm fascinated by with professional athletes, they don't seem to quit. And specifically you, because you grew up in a family where baseball was a big part of your life. What is it that makes you stay when it gets hard? You know, something I told myself last night was I wanted to be 100% completely transparent with you. Yeah. To be completely honest. There was a time recently where I thought that my career was over. I thought it was going to be best for me and my family if I just quit and took a regular nine to five job, made some money to be around the house. And due to some stuff that I was dealing with, some some really bad anxiety bordering on spiritual attacks on myself, spiritual warfare, I guess is the word I'm looking for. I just felt like God was leading me back to play this game. He wanted me in this game for a bigger reason. Yeah. He wanted me to dive into this more and to find my niche and to find a way to kind of minister to kids. And, and this game has, has has a little bit of a shortage of, of more outspoken Christian athletes, I think, especially in the minor league side. So I feel like God was calling me 
back into this game to kind of minister to these people. So I've been trying my best to take a different outlook at my career, more so play for my God as opposed to playing for myself or for money or for even my family. Granted, those things are still there. I, I want to be able to provide for my family, but I feel like right now God has me in a different state of mind yeah. where I, I'm playing to spread his word, spread the good word of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ more so than to just go out and play because this game pays out really great when when you make it. And, and that's kind of my outlook on it right now. And I hope it stays that way. I feel like it's given me a whole different perspective and yeah. a different driving force. When you were facing those moments where you felt like you might want to kind of make a life change, or you felt like that might be something that you were considering before God called you to stay in it, what did that look like on a daily basis? What were the things that pulled you to stay? Did you seek a mentor? I'm thinking of our friends who might tangibly be feeling like like they're facing burnout at their job or they feel like they might be called to do something different than what the big thing that God asked them to do. And it's really, they need to stay. But what did that look like for you? Yeah, for me, I think it was kind of a conversation I had with my dad. Uh, we had had a little bit of blow up about something stupid. Mm -hmm. And I remember breaking down and just kind of, that was the first time I had told him that I was really battling this anxiety thing. You know, he had known I was kind of dealing with it, but he didn't realize the extent of it. Yeah. And so I remember we kind of hashed out our talk and he told me, man, look, I, I didn't want to push you to do this, but man, I feel like this is this is what you do. This is what you're great at. This is your platform. And, and I remember at that time being like, no, I'm, I'm good. Like no matter what anybody says, I was like, I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to be fine. But then I remember I got in a golf cart and, and just went for a little ride by myself and feeling this overwhelming urge. Just God was pulling me like, just stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. You know, and it, it was, yeah. it's, it's a struggle for me when I'm just trying to do it for myself and do it on my own. And, you know, last year, Margaret being home pregnant with our second. Mm -hmm. So I was by myself for the entire year. And it was a really hard year to be alone and, you know, to, to have that connection with your wife, but you're doing it from a thousand miles away and only getting to see her for a few days a month uh, was really hard. It just seemed like the easier thing to do. Just be like, well, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm done. This is just not where I need to be. God is incredible. And he uses many different things. He uses a lot of challenges just to get you where he needs you to be. And for me, it was just blatant. And I hadn't really had one of those before where it was just absolutely blatant where he wanted me to be. And 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 so why he wants me here, I don't know yet, but I'm just going to continue to work as hard as I can to make a difference. And, and I don't know if it's going to be in one person's life or a hundred people's life. I have no idea what it's going to be, but I'm just going to continue to go where I feel like he's directing me. For me, I just knew. And it never happened to me before. People People, you know, talk about just praying for things, you know, when you have big life decisions, just praying for them and then trusting. And for me, that was always like, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. He's not just literally going to come in a fiery bush and tell me <laughs> what's going to happen. But for me, it was an unbelievable sense of like, okay, this is exactly what he wants. It's so scary though, right? You have that and then you're like, Oh, what do I do next? Like, what is my next step? And even when you use the language of that, you don't even know like how he's using you or why you're here, which I feel like you're not giving yourself enough credit because you and Margaret are being so open about your story and sharing. So I think you guys are reaching more people than what you even know, you know? <laughs> so I definitely want to share that with you and encourage you guys in that because I mean, saying yes, and that's letting God do the rest. I think that's amazing. One of the things that you mentioned was you're talking about with Margaret 
it being pregnant, just like the whole family life in general. She told me, and I am a military wife. I am kind of used to like the life transitions of stuff, but you guys have moved 10 times in the last three years. How do you balance that with having two boys, being a husband, and then also being a son, you know, with your extended family and having friends and making time for yourself? How do you handle it all? Well, I have an incredible wife, first and foremost. I'll second that, yes. <laughs> she has really taken the reins. I mean, when I'm in season, she's basically raising two kids by herself. Even when I'm home, I'm so exhausted. I try and get as much sleep as I can. By the time I've unwound, it's two o'clock in the morning, and then I have to sleep until almost noon to get any rest, to get ready to do it again the next day. So without my wife, there's literally no mm -hmm. chance I could have done this with the family. She's been incredible. She's so understanding. She completely stands behind me in everything I do in my career. That makes it a lot easier having my wife who no matter what happens, has got my back. Even when she has to get up at 6 a.m. with the boys and I sleep for another six hours and she doesn't give me grief mm -hmm. about it, she knows that I'm just trying to rest enough to get ready to do it again the next day, which is really hard. And yeah. Not that I've really had to do it because she's the one who takes those reins. So without her, it would be nearly impossible. When you are raising your sons around the game and around the Lord and just kind of giving them this life experience, what is something that you hope that they grow from if they don't want to be involved with baseball, the athlete lifestyle, will that break part of your heart? Not at all. I love this game. Yeah. I have a new love for this game. So will it break my heart if they're not athletes? Absolutely not. I want them to do something that makes them completely happy. It wouldn't bother me one single bit. I want them to love whatever they pursue. And you know, my boys are I'm going to stand behind them, whether they want to be yeah. musicians or athletes, car salesmen. I don't care what they do. You know, that's, that's kind of the same way my dad was. If we wanted to pursue something else and we did it, I mean, for a while, I quit baseball in high school because I wanted to pursue playing ice hockey. That was my dream. Really? That's what I thought my dream was. Wow. Yeah. So I thought that was my best route. And uh, he stood behind me 100%. It just didn't end up being where I was, where I ended up being. So I, Obviously, I ended up choosing a different career path, but you know, I, I want to be like that. I want to be able to stand behind them and, and support them in whatever they do. And, and if it is sports, great. If it's not, mm -hmm. great. I mean, this career path I've chosen is not an easy one. I'm obviously here, and now me and my wife have been through it, and, and we can help them or other people to understand what it's yeah. going to be like because everybody thinks that, oh, you play professional baseball, you must have the greatest lifestyle ever. Mm -mm. No, sir. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works. It's not all glamour and fame right now. Yeah. What do you think you've learned most about God by being a dad? Man, um, that I definitely can't do this on my own as much as I'd like to think that I've got this handled. I don't. I've had to learn and pray a lot about, and I'm still not good at his patience, something I've never been very good at and something I still learn it. And I'm going to continue to learn probably until the day I die. It's just patience and humility. There's a lot of things that I'm not good at that I thought mm. I was good at. You just kind of have to learn as you go. And it's amazing how many people, you know, young men ask me, you told me about being a dad, bro, you're going to figure it out. Like God gave you an instinct. God gave you this, this incredible gift of, of just knowing, and you don't know why. But that's just how he made you. He gave you an instinct about being a parent before you were born. Hey, I need to hear that. I one day want to be a parent, but it scares me to death to think about having to raise a kid on my own. So you can speak that to me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... 
you know, my wife's really good at it and, and she just trusts her instinct, which I think comes from learning to just trust yourself and to trust that you know what's best for your mm-hmm. kid and you're not going to screw your kid up that bad. They're pretty resilient little human beings, which is amazing. God just instilled in you this literal instinct about knowing what to do, even when you don't know what to do. And sometimes you need help and you need your parents or you need outside help. But for the most part, you have this crazy instinct about just being a parent, knowing what to do. And even you talking about patience and like learning how to trust yourself from what I've gathered from learning more about your story, it seems like God's given you that where you're learning to trust yourself, the Holy Spirit in you and like where he's leading you and guiding you to. Even you mentioned that where you were on the golf cart and God's just like, just stay in this. You're learning like to trust the voice of God and the patience of like him showing up exactly when you need him to. Yeah. And this hasn't been, but I mean, maybe a year for me. I've always claimed to be a Christian. I grew up in a Christian household. I went to church. I knew everything I needed to know, but my faith wasn't my own. I think it took a long time and it took till I got into this dark, dark place for me to be like, okay, I I understand that I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. I'm scared. I have no idea what to do. In that time, I I started leaning on God. I started to understand what it meant to have faith and to be a believer because I couldn't possibly do it on my own anymore. I I was in such a bad place. And and since then, I made a lot of big life changes because I knew what what I was doing wasn't backing up what I was saying. And for me, it was hard and I I couldn't live like that anymore. So I had to make a lot of big life changes for me personally, just to back up what I was saying um, now with what I'm doing. This question may be a bit dorky. I am curious, you know how some people ask for like a word for the year, or I've known some teams that they'll pick like a certain phrase before you walk into a new season, whether it be baseball or even like a major like life change where you're about to move. Do you ever feel like God likes gives you a specific encouragement or a specific word for a season that you start? Yeah. And I think our this year was God will provide. Oh, I love that. We were in, in a little bit of a financial bind. So, you know, having two kids, we live with my grandparents when we're in spring training. Uh, right now we're living in my, you know, parents have an apartment for my little brother. We're living there and it's it's amazing how if, if you just trust God and trust that his will is better than yours, it everything works out great. I mean, obviously, we're not staying in big, huge houses during spring training or having this glamorous life. But man, we, we seem to just find ways to continue to get by and just trusting that yeah. God will take care of us, even though it's not easy. Sometimes we have to make the most of, of a tough situation, but, you know, it, it just continues to work out. And we just want to trust that we don't need to stress out about those kind of things because we can make it happen and and we have each other we have our god we have family in those situations that was kind of our word for this year because i think we were both a little stressed out about the financial situation and that was kind of our thing for this year was all right we just trust that god will provide we keep our heads down we work hard and we stay faithful and how timely like with the pandemic hit i mean none of us saw what was coming where the entire season would be shut down i mean none of us are ever excited for what happened But I will say from hearing from Margaret and also from other friends around me, the pandemic, quarantine and, you know, all of the things where we had to step away from our regular lives. Like I heard that that was such a gift for you guys to be able to take some rest that you genuinely had been needing. Yeah, I mean, this goes right back to what I was saying. I mean, I had told people close to me, my family, my wife, that I was done playing. I just I was like, that's it. I'm going to be fine with my decision. But then God calls me back and then he seems to I don't want to use 
use this pandemic as a, as, as a gift, but kind of like, all right, here's your reset button. Yeah. Take your time, get where you need to be. Take your time, take your year off. Now you would see what it's going to be like in the real world. Obviously not working all the time, but mm -hmm. you can see what it's like to be home every day. It's kind of amazing thinking about it like that, thinking that uh, I was this close to being done and so I could be home. And then I, I feel like I'm called back and, and then I get that time home. It's crazy, crazy to think about that. We're just trying to make the most of this time, trying to get stronger, trying to get in better shape, trying to revamp my baseball swing, trying to get it into a place where I can make that next jump. It has been great for us personally just to get to be home. But I mean, obviously this has affected a ton, a ton of people in a very terrible way, Yeah, absolutely. which is very hard, but it's just been a crazy opportunity for my family. When you are not working, I've heard that you love to golf. And I also heard that you podcast also, but so like, tell me a little bit about that. And also like, what are some things that you do for fun? Yeah. Um, I love playing golf. I've played golf kind of my whole life. Got home from my first half season right after being drafted and everybody was at school and I was sitting at home playing video games to the point where I was like, right, <laughs> I'm tired of playing video games. Like I got to do something. Yeah. So Picked up my golf clubs, started playing golf because my wife was beating me all the time and I was absolutely tired of it. Oh so I went out and, and started trying to get really good at golf because I didn't want her beating me anymore. She fueled that bit of an addiction in me and just this driving because it seems like something you can't beat. And I think I love it because of that. And you never know mm -hmm. what you're going to have. I think it's just the competitiveness in me that just loves the game but uh the podcast thing me and some of my buddies do a golf little thing every year and and so we tried to do a podcast i don't think we related to anybody in any way shape or form <laughs> so we kind of gave that one up a little bit you were supplied with the equipment for this this morning i was like i know it i can count on the Matheny's with the mic <laughs> yeah i was wondering if our mic was working today i hope i hope you can hear me all right we had the whole setup going i don't know we we weren't really connecting with anybody but my other hobbies I, I really enjoy like deer hunting and fishing yeah. and, and being outside those are those are my other hobbies that's awesome. You and I are both from Missouri, so I totally get it. And I knew that you and I would be friends because when I watched you and Margaret doing the couple questions, you guys were talking about a concert that you would like to go see. And she named like some bougie artist and then you named Rascal Flats. And I was like, my guy, like we're going to be friends because that is who I would pick. I'd pick a country music artist. Yeah. I hadn't been to a concert since I was like, I don't know, 10. And we finally decided, you know what? We're going to do it. We just went to a Luke Combs concert up in Columbia, Missouri, and it was unbelievable. You know, we loved his music, but then there's something about going and seeing this person live just kind of intensifies your love for that person and what they're doing. And so I think that, that was such a cool thing for us, and we hope to be able to go see him again here soon. Concerts, specifically country music concerts, just because there's something about them, and probably because I grew up on them, you know, like always going to Kansas City, St. Louis, wherever they were playing. I absolutely love them. So yeah, I completely agree with you. And I'm curious, what is your life going to look like next year? Like I know like you are literally in a couple of minutes getting ready to go to work. Are you guys moving back to Florida from what you are able to share? What will this look like for you guys? Yeah. I mean, hopefully if, if everything stays the same, I'll, I'll go back to spring training in February. We'll see what happens from there, depending on how spring training goes, it's depending on where I end up. And then we just kind of go. And this year she will be with me for the whole year. I don't 
think we'll ever do that apart thing again. It was just too hard on the both of us. And yeah. Yeah, she'll be with me and, and the boys will be with me. So we'll what we'll do is we'll go from spring training and we'll find out about four days before we leave where we're heading. So then normally we take our car and we drive up or we fly up. Mm-hmm. And in that time, my incredible wife finds a place for us to live, finds an apartment, and then we'll, we'll stay there. It seems like we've been so blessed with places we've stayed throughout our minor league career. We've had some really nice places that she's found for pretty darn cheap because, you know, we're, yeah. we're athletes and we ha- we could be in, we could be out at any any day. And so she finds these great places and, and we're normally pretty comfortable. So she does a great job there and she has about five days to figure out where we're going to live on our way up there and then we just stay there. And Five days? That is, oh my gosh, that sounds yeah. like a nightmare, honestly, for a planner like me. Goodness. Oh, I've seen her do it during a 12-hour car ride. We were on our way from Florida to Greenville, South Carolina. And in that time, she called about 50 different apartment complexes, found an apartment that was like brand new. They just finished building them. They put us in there. She found us everything. It was close to the stadium, which turned out to be... I mean, no guys lived close to the stadium because there's nothing around there, but she found a place close, which was a, such a blessing because on opening day, I got a concussion. So she had to drop me off the field for 10 minutes and then pick me back up, take me home. Oh, wow. It was a zoo. Luckily, she, she found a place for us that worked well. It wasn't a three-minute drive in and out every day. She does a great job finding us places to live in such a short period of time. That's crazy. I can't even imagine. When you talk about things changing, like does that mean that you might move to a different team than the Paw Sox? Are you going to stick with them? So after next year, I become a minor league free agent which means any team can sign me. I mean, I have no idea what's in store. I'm just going to go out and bust my butt for the next year and then then see where the chips fall. If I end up back with the Red Sox, great. I've loved this organization. They've treated me very well. If I end up somewhere else, you know, hopefully I can get a chance to make a difference at their big league club. I'm just going to stay faithful in the Lord's plan because as soon as I start getting frustrated with things, I know that that's my will and and not his. And so I, I just need to understand it. and it's hard because it's my job my career my life you know me making money for my family but I just need to trust that he's got a better plan than I have for myself absolutely and I love knowing that so I know how when I pray for you guys how to pray specifically which that means like a new team like a new home I pray for Margaret all the time with the influence and the platform that God's called her to use so publicly and for you guys to be so honest about your journey what you all do matters I'm gonna pray specifically for this season that because you've been so faithful to stay when God calls you to say, he'll give you where you're able to be able to see the fruits of your labor. Well, thank you, Coley. I mean, <laughs> it's always nice to have people in your corner. And obviously anybody who's met Margaret or who knows her, you know, she's got a really good heart and she loves people and, and she's just trying to make a difference and wants to help as many people as she possibly can, sometimes to a fault. But you know, she, <laughs> she really yeah. is amazing and, and she's done so much for just our family and and hopefully she can help influence other people and and love on them however she can because that's her end goal. You've been so crazy awesome for giving me time.
time on your work day, on a regular work day. So I'm going to ask you the final question, if that's good. Yeah. So the name of the podcast is Still With You. And I would love to know, Tate, where is God still with you? And you can answer that however you choose. God is still with me in every aspect of my life. I think He has reinstilled in me what it means to be faithful to Him as a father, as a baseball player, as a husband. I'm a failure in every single one of those things to the nth degree. I fail in everything that I do. But it's amazing how no matter how lost I get, how much I struggle, how much tired I am, how much of a failure I am on that day that God still loves me and still welcomes me with open arms knowing how big of a failure I'm going to be tomorrow. He just loves me anyway. And I wish more people knew that. I wish more people knew that there's nothing you can do other than love God back. And that's all he asked for. That's nothing else in return. He just wants you to love him. So he's still with me in that way. And he's still loving me no matter how much I fail, no matter how much I try and instill my own will in his will. He loves me anyway. You've definitely like encouraged me this morning. I'm not an athlete, but there's many things that I want to quit. And I was even journaling this morning where the Lord was like, okay, Coley, you need to stay in that. That is not for you to let go today. As always, like you guys are welcome back anytime on the podcast. It's been so fun. Such an unexpected surprise getting to know the Matheny family. I'm loving it. Oh, well, thank you, Colleen. Thanks for all you do. And we'd love to come back. Maybe maybe next time it'll be Margaret and I both. Oh my gosh, I would love that. Great. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Tate. I warned you, you're not going to find a more humble person than Tate Matheny. He is incredible and I love his story. I don't know what you're thinking about quitting, but maybe you should ask God if you should be staying. Because if your story's anything like Tate's, it's probably worth it. Plus, I am so excited because now I not only will be cheering for the Pensacola Wahoos, but whatever team signs Tate in the spring will be a team that all of my Still With You friends can be cheering for. As I mentioned, I love my friends who are athletes. I think there's something so incredible about how God speaks through sports, and I am so excited for what's to come in this next season for the Matheny family. Wherever you're at, friends, pray for them and encourage them any way that you can. As Tate shared in our conversation, Margaret is an amazing resource for women. She loves to equip and empower others. If you would love to connect with them and thank them for being on the show, you can always find Tate on social media. All of his handles and ways you can connect with him are in the show notes, plus ways you can connect with Margaret, margaretmcginney.com. Again, I am so grateful for them being voices of light in my life. I also want to take a moment to thank our faithful friend, Lily Gray, for sharing her music with us. This is her song lifted from her album. It's all beautiful right here. If you're not streaming that by now, jump on it. It is an amazing record. I spin every day. You can connect with Lily through lilygray.com or you can follow her on social media. Her handle is lilygray. All of this information and more can be found in the show notes for this episode. Visit coleybrowning.com. Don't hesitate to reach out to me. I want to be here for you to encourage you in any way that I can. Thank you so much for taking a moment to listen to this episode and for including Still With You as part of your weekly rhythm. It overjoys my heart to hear my friends talk about the show and see how it is changing and improving their lives by allowing them to be encouraged through Jesus. Go out, be bold, be brave, be you, and remember that He is still with you. Earth, the fog is lit.